Boom. I can hear it now. The horns are playing. The victory sound. I live in the now. The sky is my home and I live in the clouds now or never. Bound forever. Making a change and making it better. I live for the shit. I love the pain. It's part of the journey. It's part of the game. I've been alone in the dark and the rain. I've seen the end and I wasn't afraid. I've been in tears and I wasn't ashamed. I hear a sound and the sound that I'm hearing is change. <laughs> that was an excerpt from Sound of Change by Dirty Heads. Yay. Welcome back to another episode of Just Another Bozo on the Bus. I'm your host, Paul Randack, and this week is a gathering of the Around Table. The OGs, so to speak. Brady, Brent, and Sarah are here to share their sorrow, their sadness, their grief, and stories about someone who passed recently, Luke Schunk. We're here to remember him, honor him, and also work through the grief that often accompanies great loss. Sometimes these are not easy things to talk about, but that is something that we must do. Luke passed away April 2nd of this year. The cause of death is an apparent accidental overdose. And something that we hear all too often, the drugs he used were cut with fentanyl. Three years ago this month, right in the smack middle of the COVID problem, Luke was on the round table with us. And this was during quarantine and it was challenging for everyone at that time. But we also knew how important it was for us to get together and be connected and talk about the struggles that we were having. And so we gathered the round table together. It had been six months, I think, since we had we had gotten together. And of course, the last time we got together was during the pandemic, which was about a little over a year ago. So it's time. There's a lot to share tonight. There's a lot to talk about. Good things to remember, sadness to to experience, but we're going to start off with Luke. In his own words, on that podcast we did three years ago, when he talked about some of the struggles he had, about staying connected, reaching out, um, the awkwardness that everyone was going through, um, you know, can we touch other people? Um, you know, can we breathe on other people? Can we go? Do we have to wear a mask at all times? All kinds of things that people were perplexed about. And so tonight we start with Luke's own words and hopefully a little bit of wisdom, too. Yeah, good question. I have, yeah, I have a few comments on that. So I do uh, software engineering. Um, so just by nature of kind of what that is, um, you have to have meetings, you have to talk to people, but a lot of that can be done over Zoom or over a messaging app. Um, and so my work in and of itself was already remote friendly and a lot of people at my job um, utilized that and worked from home even uh, pre-corona. Um, what I've kind of realized as I've transitioned to more of a like exclusively work from home is how much I miss 
the small doses of social interaction and connection you get throughout the day being in an office. Hmm. Um, Sarah said something earlier where she's like, you know, where I'm at right now in my life, I've realized um, how good I am at uh, sitting alone, being alone. What this whole thing, and you know, I, I thought that I was at the same place, but there's a big difference between going to an office all day and then going to the gym and then being like, oh yeah, I can sit alone for three hours before I go to bed (laughs) and being like, I was literally alone (laughs) all day. (laughs) So it's kind of made me realize how much the little social interactions you get, uh, just being in an office, seeing other people, um, that actually kind of, uh, what would you say, like fills my glass or kind of makes me feel uh, connected and, and makes me feel better. And missing that has been difficult. Um, I do think that also it was hard for me from a work perspective. It was harder for me to transition to like, a okay, I'm going to focus at work for, you know, eight hours or six hours or whatever it is. Cause I would find myself getting up a lot, uh, doing things, doing like a chore, throwing some laundry and just things that I would not do if I were at the office. And someone like Brent, who's really accustomed to working from home probably has that whole dialed in. Uh, and I'm, I'm getting there, but it, it took some time for sure. Oh, Paul, one thing you just mentioned kind of made me think of, uh, I'm curious if any of you uh, guys have had this experience where there have been a few times where I've been almost shamed for not wanting to, uh, go to an event. Uh, for example, yesterday I was invited to this pool party. There's 50 people RSVP'd to this pool party on Facebook and I texted the host and I was like, Hey, I don't want to come to this coronavirus. That's a lot of people in one person's backyard. And she was really short with me and really kind of agitated that I wasn't going to come to this party because of coronavirus. And I just think that that is, that response is, is not the way to do it. Um, kind of like you said, Paul, everyone has different levels of comfort. And I think you don't necessarily have to agree with uh, where someone else is at, but I think respecting where they're at and being empathetic is uh, key during this time. And that that's how we're all going to get through this because not everyone is on the same page about things and that's okay. I mean, to that point, Paul, like I, when I go to the gym, cause I have been going to the gym, they're still open. Fingers crossed that'll stay. I wear a mask, uh, at the gym, but I would say I'm in the m- minority mm-hmm. there. Um, but I'm okay with that. Um, just from the perspective of like, um, that, you know, I don't think it's a mandate. Uh, and so people can kind of do what they want and I feel more comfortable wearing a mask, but I'm not going to get all up in other people's faces about not wearing one. You know, I just try to maintain my distance. And if I go and it's too crowded or whatever, I'll walk out. Um, but the other thing you mentioned, which was the acceptance piece, I think that's actually been a super valuable thing. I've also kind of come to terms with, with this whole virus thing and with the the way that 2020 has kind of been playing out in general. And it's actually been super helpful for me to kind of just have that reminder that, you know, we're not in control of a lot of things, (laughs) Uh, especially a microscopic virus, but really a lot of things in life and uh, being able to have that reminder and then apply that to other parts of my life uh, for me has been very helpful in kind of finding uh, a greater level of peace as everything kind of seems to be a little bit crazy right now. A few personal gems from Luke. 
Okay, we're going to now move on and uh, bring Sarah, Brady, and Brent into the conversation to begin to share their experiences of what they've been going through these past few months and the hope they have for the future. That really helped wrote me into what we're talking about and finding joy um, that Luke brought us. He asked the last time, if I remember the last time that we laughed together. And it came up immediately, and the last time we laughed together was the last time I saw him because we always laughed together. I severely shattered my wrist after a slip on black ice earlier this winter, and he was the first friend um, that came to see me. And he brought me flowers and a candle and a card (laughs) that had a bunch of animals on it. And it like, it was the cheesiest, seemed like it was for maybe a five-year-old child, but it was like a get well card. (laughs) And he was a little embarrassed like I'm not sure if he got it from his parents or if he actually picked it up because he came from their house but either way we both cracked up and I'm like no I'm childlike I needed this laugh and um, he also had (laughs) I notoriously go to bed early and Luke was a night owl to say the least and so that night in particular I remember telling him depending on what time you leave your parents, I may be asleep, but call me on your way or text me on your way. And shit, I'm so happy I stayed up. And I'm so grateful that he he even said, I, I remember, I mean, I just looked at the text a few days ago and he said he was on his way. He said, no, I told him I looked like shit. <laughs> Because I, you know, broke the wrist, just was wrecked, and he said that he could just stop by really quick, and I said, no, come in for a while, and that while turned into, like, an hour plus, and um, (laughs) the best part of that night, besides laughing at the card, was that my arm from my finger, top of my fingers to my elbow was wrapped and casted, basically, until I could get surgery the next week. And we started talking about the things I was worried about not being able to do. (laughs) So one of those was being able to cut my nails. And the other was not being able to shave my armpits. And he offered to not just cut my nails, but also to paint them. And if I really needed, he would shave my armpits as well. And that's a remarkable friend. That is, that is, that's a fucking friend right there. <laughs> um, naturally, I declined. <laughs> but then, even about like a week and a half later, after my surgery, he texted me asking, "Did you figure that out? Did you get your sister to do it? Do you need me?" And I was like, "I figured out a way, dude. I'm good." <laughs> But, like, he still had in his mind, like, he was still concerned, like, making sure that my nails and my armpits were taken care of. Um, that was just the friend he was, and, yeah, I mean, obviously we both, I mean, I think he really would have, but we laughed hard as hell, and, uh, yeah, that night, um, huge hug goodbye, and just, yeah, I obviously had no idea it was 
couldn't be the last time. Um, but that is definitely who he was. He brought the humor, but also the like raw, real friendship. Uh, where even though we were joking around about it, if I really needed it, he would have gotten the razor out. He would have gotten the nail clippers. He would have. Yeah, don't cover your eyes, Paul. It could have happened. <laughs> he would have done it. Um, and. I think that was my favorite part. One of my favorite parts about our friendship is that we laughed constantly and joked around, but like when it came down to it, it was real. Like he was there. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was that was the last time we laughed together. The last time I saw him, and uh, we talked still a lot after that. He checked in all the time on me after my surgery, things like that. I, um, yeah, we had a lot of real raw, a couple phone conversations and texts, um, after that, but yeah, it was, I think almost a month to the date from that night to the time he passed. So thanks for letting me share that memory. Yes, it's, it's, I mean, thank you, of course. There's a certain awkwardness in all of that, which is my part. What? <laughs> well, maybe I don't know, but that wasn't what I was thinking in the moment. <laughs> there, there's a, there's, there's a. This sounds really strange, but there's an awkwardness about Luke, and that, he, and the, the, his way of being vulnerable sometimes felt awkward, and I, I know I felt that way around him at, at times, especially in aftercare. And I, I look back now at some of those moments, and I, I think that if, how strange that would probably be um, that he didn't have any problem being straightforward with someone, even if it, 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 there was a certain level of awkwardness around it, which allowed there also to be humor, probably, that happened in the same time, in the same moment, which didn't... Or maybe shortly after, but... Or shortly thereafter, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it takes someone, it takes a good friend to actually, you know, care for us when we're un, unable to necessarily care for ourselves in those ways, so that's a great, a great story. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll jump in, um, and uh, I um, I re- you because what you said, Paul, about Luke had Luke did kind of have an awkward way about him in in a lot of in a lot of ways, but that's what I remember about him too is that he was he was, I feel like he really was his own he was always true to himself. If he liked something, he didn't care if any if nobody else liked it. That's what he was going to to do or say or wear or get tattooed on himself. Um, he just he, I always I always looked at Luke and was just like always impressed. Like this guy gives zero f's about you know you know what anybody else would think about what he's doing or what he's up to. And I'm like and I would I was I'd be even a little bit envious about it because I'm like wow that's got to be such a freeing way to live life you know and. Um, I'll always uh, remember um, my, my, some of my f- favorite memories of Luke are uh, Halloween parties at Sarah's house and how he would always go re- get really into it, get really dressed up every year and we'd have so much fun um, just messing around at the Halloween parties. And uh, one of my favorite 
camping experiences that we've had as a group was the time that Luke joined us when we were up at Causey Reservoir. He had just gotten a paddleboard. He was excited about We talked him into coming camping. Luke wasn't really a true outdoor-y, outdoorsy type guy. Camping's not it wasn't really his jam or what he was technically into, but I was like so happy that he came because um, he always added uh, a fun element to the group and um, a spontaneity to to whatever was going on. And uh, I really I look back at all of our camping trips that we've gone on as a group, and that's that ones that that's one that definitely stands out was the one that Luke was was with us, and. Um, yeah, I, I think back the last time that I saw him, it was it would it was several months uh, prior to, to his passing. He we'd, we'd gotten together as a, a friend group to, to go to brunch, and uh, in in typical Luke fashion, showed up fairly late. I think we were all pretty much all done eating at the time, but you know he made an appearance and he showed up, and it was it was good to see him. And that was how I always felt with with Luke is like I was always happy to see him when when he showed up. Um, and uh, you know, you look back and you always, you just don't. Back then, you don't think that that's going to be the last time you see somebody, and you take you take that for granted. And um, yeah, it's it's just a good reminder to you know cherish cherish the moments that we have with each other in the moment because there might not be uh, another moment, even though it seemed at that time several months before he passed that the. There's, of course, every, you, every, all of us were going to be around long term in the future. You know, it's just the the mindset you have. But then now, when he's now that he's not here, um, it's it's hard, and uh, you definitely, I, I definitely uh, feel that loss of, hey, is Luke going to be here? Is Luke coming? Um, you know, and I miss seeing him. Um, yeah, I, I miss him. Yeah, that's a. Uh, this is hard. This is hard to, uh, this whole time since he passed, I've had a hard time with conveying, um, like what he meant and feeling like, feeling like it does, like it captures him. Um, I just miss him so much and it hasn't been a straight line. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's been really confusing. I've never had to deal with grief like this before. And, you know, like for me, him and I, we just, the fondest memories are just us talking, you know, just like the last time I saw him, um, he just came over to the house. I mean, it's just like, I can just see it, I remember him uh he was over at his parents house and he, they live up the street from me and i can just remember us texting each other and it was like hey you want to come by yeah come by and uh you know he just came over with this big trench coat jacket on that was really long and fluffy and uh you know he just talked for two hours and that was probably the most common um activity between us like there I was thinking about all the memories and stuff and like the way we met was really funny the way you know some of the poker nights and some of the vaping um, 
adventures <laughs> were really funny. Uh, you know, the Kazi trips, the trips down to Mona or the rope swing down there, like all that stuff was cool and, you know, are really bright memories. But the, the best part about Luke was being able to feel completely heard and like completely able to just let your guard down and have these conversations with him because he never brought he never brought like judgment to the to the relationship to the conversations and you know we're all addicts so the history of being addicts so it's like you know there's hard things to talk about and to discuss and traumas and he was just a place to where you could put all that and you know you know there was just a trust that he managed to um to establish with his close connections and uh it's just you know what's crazy is like for me with with luke um I've been doing good the last couple months, like cha channeling his memory um, to be healthy, like to try to honor him mm -hmm. and to try to live like um, like a really healthy life and a really like try to change, try to evolve, you know, because we always talked about that. Um, but when I got this text on Friday to come and do this, um, it was like I was put back. I wanted to do it because I love him and I miss him. And I wanted the opportunity. I didn't want to shirk, like shrink from the opportunity to, to just share what he meant to me. But I knew that was going to be really hard to do. And I knew that I was going to have... Um, a challenging like emotional experience with it um, and so it's like coming to do this it's like I'm just put back to like week one you know mm -hmm. and uh, that's hard and I guess that's what I mean by it's it's not a straight line you know like mm -hmm. at, at times I am able to channel him and what he meant to me and the relationship in a really positive way in a in an optimistic way in a way that I know he'd want for for me you know I know what he'd want for me and he'd want all the good things and so like I'll think about that and reset and be like I don't have to feel guilty for enjoying today because that's what I struggled with the first little bit was feeling guilty for moving on you know it was survivor's guilt really hard like really tough and then I, I I moved from that into oh no this is this is what he'd want for me and feeling almost like I don't want to use the word obligation but feeling uh, like a responsibility almost to let his impact and the history we shared together better me, you know, and make me um, 
make me grow and make make me evolve and it's good when I'm in that phase with it but you know like I said I guess there are just different stages of this I still go to denial sometimes I go to anger or I get mad at him Mm -hmm. that's somewhat Mm -hmm. new I went to anger before but I've gone recently sometimes to a little bit like fuck it dude like some frustration Mm -hmm. with him um it's okay to be angry it is okay to be angry it's not bad yeah in fact it's almost like when pressure kind of builds up especially around grief anger becomes weight I mean it okay I hear these words as they come out of my mouth and I I know there's some conflict in it because you know I always thought of anger as a defense mechanism with grief, but actually anger is a way to sort of like take the thing off the pressure cooker so that just comes out really expressively and maybe sometimes in our own mind violently. How can I be mad at this person? You know, what what right do I have to be mad at them per se? But it's actually for us to help us move through the grief process and that's actually healthy, even though it feels weird to be mad at somebody that we love so much. Yeah, it's like a release of pressure. Yeah, release valve. Um. Yeah, so I mean, I just, I just fucking love him, man, and just miss him, and I see him everywhere. You know, everyone looks like him. <laughs> you know, I see a haircut that look like him or I saw someone wearing a heavy metal hoodie the other day at Panda Express and I was just like and then the denial like that's probably like sometimes I just want to put it all to the side you know mm-hmm. like pretend it hasn't happened and just go about my business and then that doesn't you know necessarily feel right but there is no right or wrong mm-hmm. you know throughout this I guess It's just, you know, it never felt like he would, he would, yeah, I guess it feels like that with anyone close, you know, you just never really think they're going to be gone or, yeah, it's just, it's hard, you know. Um, one of the things that, I mean, this, bring, I think that brings up a really good point, or at least a, an important idea from at least my experience around grief in this situation is this notion of being able to dog dialogue or talk to this you know talk to Luke in such a way that um, we feel like there we can have some kind of exchange in our minds can be helpful too uh, and, and you know Sarah even I talked about this already but that importance of being able to find ways that we feel like we communicate. I think because I, Brady, I heard what you were saying about it. I see him, I don't know if you said everywhere, but I see him all over in these different situations. And I think that's common and in some ways healthy that our brains are trying to adjust to this kind of loss. Um, and I encouraged Sarah to take some risks and you know find ways to communicate. I, I don't. So I don't. I guess I want to encourage you to find ways to do that too. 
yeah those are good ideas yeah I think that grief just listening to Brady listening to so many others you know who have experienced grief I mean we've all experienced grief this is as Brady said for him this is by far and away my the biggest loss um, I've had in my life and I've actually had a little bit of a different experience I guess I've tried to I've, <laughs> I've had denial but in different ways I've tried to dive so much into remembering him and letting myself feel the pain and missing him and the sadness that I it's not like I've completely like isolated or shut out but I I want to sit with it a lot because it feels semi-healing but then I have this weird guilt that is different my guilt ends up being over the fact that I've been taking this time for myself to heal and sit with it and sit with the loss and sit with the memories and I haven't been it almost feels like it's time not necessarily to be over it but it's time to you know do what Brady's doing you know really trying to embrace living his life as Luke would have wanted us to and it's not I mean not necessarily that I'm living it in a way that he wouldn't have appreciated or understood but it's just been a hard year for me in a lot of ways with some physical ailments and stuff and I just I I mean I told Paul this last week but I I feel like I haven't been as present for the people who are still here because I'm so focused on my my pain of missing him um he was so my go-to person for a really long time we did COVID together we talked at least weekly usually multiple times a week and anytime either of us had something big or small it was shared and so to not have that go-to person it's almost been easier for me to sit with it and then talk to him in my solitude or write to him in my solitude than to try and do something that makes me happy by getting out of the house, uh, spending time with friends. Again, it's not that I haven't done that at all. I'm still spending time with family some time with friends I'm working my ass off keeping busy that way but a lot of my time I've just wanted to sit with it and I keep waiting to get to the point where I'm ready to be happier and to be more positive in the connection we shared and the memories we shared and not I guess wallow in it so much but every time I like it doesn't I don't feel ready for that but I feel like I should and I need to so then I start feeling guilt over the fact that I'm not there yet Mm. and this timeline feels 
not that anyone is pressuring me, but I think I'm starting to pressure myself. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing. Like, if I need that, like, to light a fire under my ass a little bit, or if I just need to give myself some grace and realize that, like, there isn't a perfect time or there isn't a right time. Just guess I'm, I've kind of been in a limbo with that, and... I've let myself feel so much, which is good because I, I haven't been trying to numb it like I would have years ago, so I think that part's good, but it's made me less likely to want to, I guess, spend time with other people. I like, I just want to spend time with him. <laughs> doesn't mean I don't love other people. doesn't mean I'm not grateful so grateful for my friendships and my family like I'm incredibly lucky for the other people in my life and I know that I'm just holding this piece of him that just is there all the time and I don't know what to do with that Is that okay that you don't know? I'm not sure. <laughs> so, Sarah, I'm asking that from the perspective as to you, do you need to know this right now, necessarily? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. There's still a big emptiness and void. I think you just, you hear things and you read things about, to get out of that, you need to remember the good and the positive, and I do remember the good and the positive, but like we said at the beginning of this, that still makes me sad. Mm -hmm. And I have moments of good. Um, last Saturday, Luke's parents had never been to my place, and Luke and I spent a lot of time there, so they had heard about it, and about it. I have, you know, a pond outside of my deck and everything, and so... They came over for dinner last night and so did Brady and I mean we laughed almost the whole time and you know some of it was about Luke, some of it wasn't so there is, there is joy, it just feels like such a slow momentum forward and yesterday I had a great day with my family then I got home and a song came on and it just, I mean, it just turns it that fast that mm. I'm back in this emptiness and yeah, just like it's a pit, like an empty void. And I, I know people who have experienced grief. That's that's a common thing. Hey, don't like not being as present though for other things in my life. I know Luke would have wanted me to be, but I also think he would have kind of wanted is it the idea that sometimes words don't feel like they can accurately or present represent yeah there's there's no combination of words in the english language that one can put into perspective luke and like everything and then they don't 
it doesn't come change up anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's weird how, yeah, like you have this feeling. All I can think of is like empty or void, but that's mm-hmm. like what I'm actually feeling. Mm-hmm. What you're feeling, what you're, you know, like is so, you're right, like it's so much bigger than just like a word like missing or loved or yeah like void like all those things you're right like i mean it's it's the ways we can try and describe it but like it's just like i want to take what i this here that's in my like gut in my chest and just like this is it you know and that's that is impossible you're right it it seems though that there's this fascinating almost i don't think it's a duality but it's this emptiness and this void as you're describing it and like how words just don't you know grasp or come you know fits the experience and and partly because the experience feels like it's always in flux Mm -hmm. um and there's something about that that feels so true in in the sense of like do i judge myself because of I'm, I think it, I should be in a different place with this, and I, I'm. I mean that I, I and I hear myself do that all the time with different things in my life, especially around loss and grief, and thinking that there's supposed to be some way through this that makes sense. And it just, I, I almost feel like there's a rabbit hole there that just gets convoluted. I, I don't think this is <laughs> shit. <laughs> By the way, you, you remember you can swear in, in this podcast. <laughs> I've been, yeah. I noticed you edited it. I didn't. I, uh, I know His I mom can, is getting this in here. Yeah, but no, I just, I've been trying to consciously not swear as much, but if I okay. remember not to. My mom swears more than me, so, so okay. But yeah, thank you for the live yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, especially when it comes to this. The notion of anger and you know as i was saying a little while ago um to you brady was this idea it's actually can be really healthy that you know pressure release to be angry and to allow ourselves to feel that even though it doesn't necessarily fill up the void and make it better in any way um in fact maybe it does maybe i'm a illusion maybe i'm a little distorted in my reality around that that it can help make room for more processing um, I think it does. Hmm? I think it can. Oh, it, it, maybe it, it, it I mean, can. From, just from my experience, yeah. I guess. Maybe, and maybe it can. Um, yeah, it just, it doesn't make a lot of, you know, it just, it doesn't make, it doesn't make, uh, my, uh, the hardest thing that I have is like, it, it does you can't make sense of it, you know what I mean? It's, there's not a logical there's no way that we there's no way that we could have prevented this from happening but why did it happen you know and it just it doesn't um for me anyway it's i can't make sense of it because 
I just always, I know that, you know, I know that Luke always had his struggles, you know, with addiction, that he would be, he would have periods where he wasn't doing so well, but then there was periods where he was doing really well. Um, and he kind of just, since I, since I had met him, he, he, that was kind of his pattern. He'd kind of ebb and flow out of periods of, of sobriety and, and using. So when, when he was in a period of, of using, I never really got too concerned because I always had hope that he was going to come back out of it and then he, he would eventually find a, a way to stay on that side, stay in sobriety and, and, and not continue to, to kind of go in and out of it and uh, so when when I heard that he had passed it was like I did it was that disbelief that the kind of the denial and I still think I struggle with that today I still think that it's just I feel like he's just oh he's just in one of his down cycles that's why I'm not seeing him as much you know but he'll 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 be back he'll, he'll we'll see him back we'll see him back again and he'll be healthy and happy and then that's not gonna happen and so it's hard for me to make sense of of that I mean I know he's gone um, and then you know you can you, you compound that with the circumstances the way that he passed it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense so it's hard to for like Brady said with words it's hard to use your words to kind of express it because it, for me it's hard to express it logically like this is this is how we got to from a to b to c feels like we just went from a to z you know without anything to, to in the middle and so yeah it's it's tough i just think that i um am just trying to you know when i do feel when i think about luke and i get that pang of grief and um i know that that sarah and brady had had much closer intimate relationships with with luke than, than i did so i know how much more difficult it might it, it must be for you guys uh but but for me i um I get that pain and I do this a lot with my, you know, same thing with my dad, uh, who I lost uh, a year and a half ago. Um, it just, when you get that pain of loss and that wishing that they were here, I try to just grab onto a good memory of them and, uh, and try to think about that. And that kind of has helped me kind of get through that um, kind of confusion that comes around with, with, with having somebody you love with here one day and, and gone the next, you know? But it's not, it's not, there's no solution. Yeah, it sounds good. Oh, just replace their person with a good memory. <laughs> it's not the same, you know, and so it doesn't do it. But it's, it, for me, it's it's something that I, that I try to do, and it, it seems like it helps a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, they're just, you know, it's hard to make sense of the whole thing, really, I guess. Yeah. Well, there's something about that we, that you try to make sense, right? I mean, this yeah. is not you, we that I try to make sense out of something that maybe doesn't have to have an explanation to mm. it, especially the grief part of it. That, and, uh, you said something in the beginning before we started, and, you know, I mean, I, I said, oh, you know, what do we want to touch upon? And you, you brought up impermanence, and I was like, you know, like, kind of, duh, you know, um, why do I struggle with that? You know, and this is a perfect example of when it's around loss and this idea of a being and a person that was vulnerable and emotionally engaged in your life and then there's the energy exchange that happens 
in a, in a deep, vulnerable, intimate relationship like this, and then that that's gone. It does slap in the face a little bit this idea of impermanence, but it also it's this this something that existed. This energy exchange is is gone, and I hear sometimes this idea. Well, then should I? I'm not sure if you said this or not, but I think you did. That I why why aren't I focusing on the people that are alive in my life? You know, that's not how grief works. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> it was that simple that I could just focus on that. And that's I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do. It's probably a good and healthy thing to do, but it's still difficult. Are you bringing up impermanence? It just. You said it slaps, it does, <laughs> because I think about all the times and all of the podcasts in the past that we've talked about impermanence. Oh my gosh, I don't think we did have done a podcast without Yeah, so, so thank you for making sure it's part of this one too. But it is true because I, I have talked about and I have opened up to the thought of impermanence and I have embraced the thought of it and right now it just... I want to throw something at it. <laughs> you want to say fuck you? Is that yes, I just want to say fuck impermanence. Even though I've embraced you, now feeling this impermanence of someone I loved so much. Not that I haven't lost people I've loved, but... Yeah, impermanence is just hitting different right now. Yeah, and you go through, obviously, like I said, it's not a straight line. When I feel the luckiest or when I am, like, feeling the luckiest is when I'm able to just feel, like, really fortunate to have had him in my life, you know? Like, I can embody this energy of just, like, what if I hadn't ever met him, you know? That's a great point, yeah. Like, what would I prefer? What a concept! What a concept! And that that feel that make that fills me up, you know. Uh-huh. I gotta get filled with like warmth. Yeah. And with joy, because it's kind of like bringing him along w- uh, with you on the ride, you know. I love that thought. Yeah. I haven't done that really. <laughs> I'm just realizing. But, like, I think I've focused so much on having him and losing him yeah. versus what it meant to have him. Like, I've appreciated having him, but I don't think I've, like, completely flipped the story to that. Yeah, it's powerful. It, it's more, it's, it's been a lot more of just the, there's so much pain because I knew and had him and now I don't. Right. Versus what did it mean just to have him without then moving on to the and then lost you know like that's yeah this notion and i'm not sure if i heard that correctly so maybe i'm maybe i'm going to ask for clarification but this idea that um you know if if what i choose to if, if i could choose to get rid of all this or release all this grief would it be would i prefer what would it be better if to not and never had this person in my life yeah. I mean, that concept is yeah. blowing my mind. That's right exactly now. it. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, sometimes I'll think I'm better off because 
of him and if the cost of that is having to deal with the grief of this then it makes it all worth it yes you know age old better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all exactly <laughs> but like seriously yep that's exactly I mean, right. seriously like it's this idea we we sometimes we avoid I'm sorry sometimes I avoid we I don't like I can speak for you um, sometimes I avoid intimacy or vulnerability because I fear of what you know how that may how that may feel right so do I feel threatened or do I worry about, um, you know, being vulnerable is going to not allow me to connect to somebody or then, then I have to be consistent and keep showing up. So when you were saying, Brady, that, you know, this person's been in my life and, and the, one of the things that I remember the most about it is the conversations, the talks, the and that level of vulnerability to me is like, well, what would I be if I didn't allow myself to have that? And how often have I avoided that? Because yeah. it seemed too risky. And when you think about it like that, like it's really easy to get to a place of gratitude for him and for everything. I don't know if I'll say really easy. I don't know if those are the right words, but it's like, it's so real that he helped me so much. Yeah. You, you know, it's so real that he change the arc of my life and you know I just am so grateful to him for that and I was just so grateful that you know we crossed paths when we did and he was the first you know I talked about I think I mentioned this when I spoke at the celebration is he was my first like a like you know adult after high school friend you know like I went I had lots of stints in rehab before Wasatch and you know I made a connection with Luke that helped me start to make friends and community and I don't know if I would have been able to put myself out there and do that if it wasn't for what it felt like to do that with yeah. him yeah like he gave me the evidence that oh like you know friendship and relationships are are like the good it's like what you want you know it's the healing mm -hmm. and i tried to always do it on my own before that so it's just like i just think of luke and i just think what a pivotal moment in my life to to come across someone like him who was special who everyone that had relationships with Luke talks about him like he's one of a kind you know because he was you know and he just he had this like uh, energy that like I said I think when we were first chatting he just it just let you connect it just it just you know it, it was just a connected experience with him and like I needed that and and I'm just so grateful for it. You know, I miss him a lot. And I wish he were here. Um, but like I said, like, I want to channel what he was and, like, just everything that we meant to each other in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, this is the only way to move forward. There's the value in what a relationship means and how do I want to take that and the parts of it that, that bring 
value to my life or have bring how do I continue to emulate that so that I can move forward with that and not think that that ability to emulate that's ending because of my story around what it means when someone dies doesn't mean I still can't have that some way of emulating and being able to hold I think we were maybe talking about this the other day, this idea of being able to hold this and I'm a, an ideal or uh, a sense of being and purpose in my life that can represent the qualities of whatever those relational friendship family dynamics created. Um, I really like what you said, Brady. Is um, and I don't. I don't think it's an understatement. <laughs> I just don't. He was the best, man. There was just no... He was shined bright. For sure. And then, like Sarah said, that he was... I always felt the same way. Like, when you were speaking with Luke, you could... He was like... you. He was listening. You know, he was like... He wasn't, you know, just there. But he was, like, truly listening and trying to, to understand what you were saying. And uh, it's so easy, which made it much more easy to be vulnerable around him. And um, yeah, he just brought that energy with him wherever he went. And I, I definitely appreciated that uh, through our interactions with each other. And um, yeah, he was one of a kind. Yeah, going back to the awkward interactions with Luke, I think he wanted so much to understand and really, truly yeah. know what you meant. Questions would just come out and just like, <laughs> yes. no shame in asking anything, but that is what created such a space for vulnerability, like real authentic vulnerability, like not just not to talk down to some of our past like groups and within recovery and things like that, but like that just more a more intimate vulnerability you know I don't think I've had a lot of great friends in my life with Luke I did I felt so free to be open as it sounds like so many in his life did I know I'm not alone there but just speaking for me there was so much emotional intimacy in our relationship that I, I think that is one thing when you talk about emulating it, how can I be that for someone like he was for me? I think I was that for him to a point, too. We were both really open about that we had that and we were that for each other a lot. But yeah, now trying to get to the next of being that for someone else or finding another person not just that I'm close with or can be vulnerable with, but to the extent of of what that was. And maybe that's where the loss starts to get kind of murky and it feels a little a little sad and hard again. Not that I need to repeat. No one could ever repeat <laughs> Luke or a relationship with Luke, a friendship with Luke. That's not a thing because he was one of a kind. But I 
do miss having that, the extent of that vulnerability with someone in my life. And that scares me, I think, a little. Not, again, not duplicating it, no one will ever be, mm-hmm. but maybe being scared to get back to that with someone. So is that like, are you, <laughs> my question is, are you creating, it almost sounds like this, so this, again, I'm, but I'm prop, prop, it could easily be a projection. Are, are you in some way challenging yourself to be more vulnerable in other relationships? Is that, is that an un, sort yes, of underlying what you're saying? Yeah, but that sounds really scary. Yeah. 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 To the to the extent of our of vulnerability in our relationship, and kind of what Brent said earlier, we and we've all talked about this. The thought of Luke did go through some ups and downs, mm-hmm. but I also it was like I never thought it was it was actually, and I mean gonna happen that we would actually lose him even though him and I talked about it and I would say stuff about I could lose you and your family our friends we could lose you when he was going through tougher times but it didn't actually feel like because there was always so much more good and that's what resonates still with me is not when he was in this addiction but when or not when he was struggling. I mean, I guess we're all in our addiction, but when he was struggling, that it doesn't stick out to me much just because there was so much more positive and he was just a, such a big pers- big personality, you know, big person that that doesn't stand out, but it still felt surreal because even though when I got the text from Brady that he needed to talk and it was the middle of a work day, it was my first thought and I knew what it was. But I had, but I still never really thought that that could happen. So somehow, the thought of opening up to that vulnerability or that level of intimacy—I mean, in an emotional way, in a way of you know that deep connection mm-hmm. and authenticity and rawness and the thought of losing that the way I lost this is really scary and you hear that a lot I think in like romantic relationships and things like that mm-hmm. you know I've, I've gone through heartbreak and things like that divorce but for some reason I was usually pretty up for like trying again and seeing but it almost feels like this. And again, I think a breakup or even a divorce versus a death is a big difference. But that's, it is scary to, it's scary to do it and risk losing it. But it's also, like Brady said, it's scary to not because think about what I would have missed out on right. if I hadn't right. done that with him, right? So it's, and again, I think that's where I'm just still in this place of of grief, yeah. <laughs> of trying to figure it out, of 
being pulled one way, but really trying to pull myself in the other direction. And I, I do think there are small steps being had. And I guess I just need to like be okay with the fact that they're small steps and they might not be as big as I want, but, but talking about this and hearing the analogy Brady's giving about how much worse would it have been yeah. never having that versus the fact that I did. Yeah. And now I don't. Right. Would I trade? Correct. The pain, and the I, grief, and the loss. And I yeah. can, that is one thing I can at least say in confidence is I would never, yeah. ever trade one memory or one second with him. Even the hard ones. Because obviously being so real with each other, I mean, we didn't always, always agree either. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, that's the big, that's a, that's a huge um, takeaway is, uh, you know, whenever, it, uh, with, with, with whatever loss it might be, if I can focus on what, okay, well, what kind of person would I be without, if without having that experience at all or having that relationship at all, you know, is it, um, would I be a better off? And the answer, when I'm thinking in my mind of the different people that I've lost or the, the divorces, the bad relationships, that sort of stuff, um, I don't think I would trade any of it, you know? And so that's, I think, a very... Uh, healthy, insightful way to, to, to approach kind of not just with the loss of Luke, but kind of loss in, in general that we experience in this tragedy called life, <laughs> you know? Or I mean, even the fact that we've talked in the past about not regretting yeah. that we have gone through addiction because without having that Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have met you guys yeah Yeah. and we wouldn't have not just the connection with Luke which is who the focus is on obviously because this is where the loss is but the connections in this room of all four of us and I've said that a lot that I don't regret having gone through that so it all just (laughs) it continues on so I'm gonna (laughs) swing it right back so this is Thank you. That was really beautiful and eloquent. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea of how do I sit with this and how do I hold this and how do I accept it? I mean, I, I know this idea of acceptance is just this, like it's like this big blanket that gets put over things, and it's like it doesn't it doesn't always work. And maybe that's inaccurate. That acceptance maybe always does work um, from I guess certain perspectives. But sometimes I just don't want to accept things. And I know that's that's a personal <laughs> issue. Again, wanting to have control over things. And this is one of those moments where there is, it's outside of my control. That's what I was going to say. I feel like acceptance is always the answer or part of the solution. But it's not... Uh, you can't just w- doesn't will heal. it to happen. Yeah, doesn't doesn't really heal a lot, but yeah, in the moment. I think there's peace that comes with true acceptance, 
but the the journey to get there it's not an equation mm-hmm. it's not like a, do these steps and you will arrive you know and that's what's frustrating about it but I remember one of the most more peaceful moments over the last few years was when I had this moment where like I accepted my addiction and I accepted all the things I had done that they were real and just kind of like let it wash over you you know mm. in some some way because like holding on and like resisting that's not a good place to Mm-mm. that's it only causes rope burns yeah it causes rope burns <laughs> it's it's a very anxious for me it's like that's like an anxious that's a place of anxiety so I know this there's some simple things here that you know and, and simple narratives that get created especially around loss and drugs and in all honesty I I, I did not I know that as uh, it's from a rational perspective I'm supposed to know that this is always possible but my story and belief always was that uh, Luke will find a way mm. yeah. and I've told that my, I told that to him and I told it to his family and I'm, I'm sure that, that me saying that is this belief it's probably a projection on my own part that you know everyone has that ability right that we can make it through this and it's not always drugs that kill us right I mean there's plenty <laughs> plenty of other ways to harm ourselves um, lots of ways and um, but that this notion that it you know it's it's possible but also feels uncomfortable to accept and be honest with ourselves about that you know this this is this happens and this is part of the outcome the notion of the people that I've um, whether they be clients or family friends this year that have passed because of accidental overdoses that have all been associated with with fentanyl and one of the things that we t- you know we talked about um, and I've been talking about with my colleagues recently is how is there a way that we can be have honest conversations about this I just think it's uncomfortable to, to talk with people about it especially people we care about and love I'm, I'm getting close to past I think the blame of self uh, still rears its ugly head here and there I think just usually when I'm looking back on you know recent messages or things like that reminiscing and but that is that's one of the most unhealthy ways to cope and glad I didn't stay in that piece for too long it's hard not to go there I think at first and sometimes well survivor's guilt can get mixed up in there and even though yeah you know I mean the idea of what could I have done what could I have done I should have known more 
thinking something that maybe if this happened maybe I would do something differently with a friend in the future or something you know if I can turn it that way of a benefit of not blame but oh maybe next time I would ask more questions or you know whatever it may be so I think if you can turn it into a positive something you could do differently potentially in the future then that's you know a more healthy way to look at it but just looking at it as as blame and again it's that doesn't it doesn't bring him back it doesn't bring anyone any peace or comfort it's Yeah, I think what uh, as you were talking there, there, Sarah, it reminded me because um, yeah, I you know we do the same thing when, or I do whenever somebody uh, close to me uh, struggles or there's a loss there, I immediately think, oh, what could I have done to to do better? Could I have done something you know that would have changed all of this? And and yeah, the, like you said, the answers you know. <laughs> No, and uh, but we put ourselves through those paces, you know, for whatever reason. But it reminds me of the the equanimity meditation that we do in refuge, where all beings are responsible for their own actions, and then the freedom or happiness of others is dependent on their actions, not on my well wishes for them. And so, you know, it's kind of at, at the surface, it kind of sounds like an asshole meditation, right? It's kind of like, yeah, you guys are on your own. You know what I mean? But at the same time, but I think for for me that frees me from putting myself through those paces or trying to beat myself up over something that's senseless um, to begin with, you know? I love that. I think it's necessary to just mention that Luke was... He wasn't just using drugs all the time. No, not at all. You know, like 95% of my relationship with him was him sober you know and like yeah his life was cut way too short but he lived a big he lived a full life while he was here and uh you know he wasn't just like this strung out guy he was he was really something you know and I feel like I I got the best of Luke I feel like you know I'm grateful that we never were using friends like it just it wasn't that wasn't it you know and that's what also makes it hard I think and tragic is so much of the time spent with him was happy Mm, was good times right like it wasn't being worried about him like yeah there were slip ups and you know but with Luke, it was always so short-lived, you know, and I think that's what made it feel like it's not going to happen to to Luke because, you know, it'd be a week, a weekend, and then three months, four months, five months of just good times, being clean, and uh, so I just think it's so necessary to put that energy out there that. He, 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 there, there was a lot of 
recovery and sobriety and you know and that's obviously how we, we remember him mm-hmm. but well I don't think it's it, it's unreasonable to say he was very attracted to it and and you and you guys emulated that in his life and so you know he's drawn to that right I mean that that's that's such I mean there's such beauty in that is is knowing you know what the possibilities are and I totally agree with you that that's it's not all <laughs> gloom and doom uh, it's not yeah no yes yeah, saying earlier, just I mean, most of it. Like when I look at Luke, the only sadness comes from missing the good in him. You know, there's not like there's a few struggles here and there. The addiction piece, even though apparent, you know, I mean, that's obviously how we met. So I, that part's great, but that doesn't stand out to me mm-hmm. at all compared to just the light he was and like I said earlier that when I said big person that sounded weird but I guess he is tall but <laughs> and his energy and his light was big uh, you know but that's what that's what was always there the like Brady said the the small bouts of relapses or struggles were really few and far between and I also don't think, I mean, relapse and struggle, that's different too, right? Because a lot of us struggle without relapse. And that those were a lot of mine and Luke's really good times of very open and vulnerable conversations of just struggling in. I mean, struggling during COVID, struggling with loneliness, struggling mm-hmm. with heartbreak, struggling with jobs, struggling with friends, you know, those... So, you know, when I say when he went through struggles, I mean, most of those were like, I'm, we all go through struggles and those were actually really beautiful times because that's, those were a lot of the vulnerable times that we got each other out of some of that hurt or loneliness or emptiness. So the struggles, I mean, those were actually sometimes really beautiful and they brought us incredibly close the relapses I mean and I feel like those were few, so few and far between they don't hit my memory the same and I know part of that is because maybe that one week we didn't talk as much or something but I mean we always talked about it later again he was open honest with us and but that never that's, even though it was part of his passing that still is never something that comes to my mind first or even tenth when I think about him and who he was as a person that didn't define him his charisma and his relationships and the way he allowed people to feel comfortable in their own skin because he felt comfortable in his and because there was no judgment that was one thing at his celebration of life when we spoke Brady and I spoke couple of his high school friends, his boss, his parents, and we all had our own memories and experiences of Luke that were amazing, but the one common denominator we all had was that he was the most non-judgmental, 
person, which allowed everyone to feel like they could be open in themselves around him. That was one of the main things that mm-hmm. every single person said almost mm-hmm. verbatim that spoke. And so I do think it's beautiful when someone like Luke passes tragically and we know the reason behind it, but that still isn't on the forefront of our minds. It's that didn't define him mm-hmm. at all. To the to me, to those who really knew him and loved him. Mm. Um, songs that remind you of Luke, or something he liked that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Something you like that surprised you? Um, and that doesn't just have to be about music. It can be about anything. One thing that I do, it's funny, it's kind of amusing, is like with Luke, I... Uh, we need to ask about if there's songs that remind you of Luke. Yeah. Well, when we were, when we, that time that I mentioned about camp and we were up at Kazi Reservoir, uh, I just had songs playing from my iPod on the, or my phone, iPod. Mm. What year is this? <laughs> <laughs> my phone, uh, you know, going through the, the little speaker, the little Bluetooth speaker there, and there was a couple of Counting Crows songs that were cut, because that's part of my play mix, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I like Counting Crows. And he looked at me, he's like, You like Counting Crows, don't you? And I'm like, Yeah, I do. And he's like, Yeah, my dad likes counting crows a lot <laughs> I just thought that was fantastic I'm like yeah I bet he does getting to know Luke's yeah. amazing parents it was so really great well I've realized my music taste is so much more in line with them than it was I know with what Luke would listen to I know and uh, yeah he was he was into like yeah we never really connected much on the music front because he was into some weird stuff well, I mean a lot, of, a lot of hip-hop and stuff which you know Brady knows yeah. that that's not really my jam but um, yeah and then I feel like he was in speed metal for a while too or something scream metal yeah yeah Yeah. okay there you go intense love and see my ex husband was also a software engineer and also a super into screamo so yeah I don't I I actually knew a few things because I had gone to some screamo concerts back in the day and that I mean, I guess we connected over the fact that he's like, you know, August Burns Red or something like that, but not because I enjoyed it, because I was <laughs> forced into it in a past, past life. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Do you, do you? Is there a song that you remember that you hear and it brings up memories of Luke? Anything Lil Peep. Lil Peep? Anything Lil Peep. Anything Lil Peep. If I hear Lil Peep, I cannot think of Luke. Drake is that way, too. Huh. Solid. Yeah. Yeah, we we really our intersection of music was pretty limited. You know, he wasn't a big hip hop guy when he got out of the house. He, I mean, he was like rap. No, like I'm not into rap. But then, you know, he started to listen to it a little bit and started to like some of it. You know, and I've never been a screamo guy, so right that was most of the, you know. But he was all, he was really diverse in yeah. what he liked he and was listened to a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. But music was definitely one. Uh, yeah. I remember sending him some songs like pretty recently in the last six months when he was still going through some challenges from a past relationship and breakup and sending him songs that hit, I had connected with during past ones <laughs> because I'm a big lyrics person. <laughs> and as much as he was himself and honest with me that it was not his style, which I of course knew and 
would preface it with, I know you will not like this song. <laughs> Just try and listen to the words. Listen to the words. Focus you on the would meaning. at least say, like, point out this part of the song really stuck out on how I feel. So he would still at least humor me enough to, to give it at least one listen. <laughs> but he would never lie and say he liked it. It's definitely too real for that, which I appreciated. <laughs> Did you share some T-Swift with him? <laughs> I think <laughs> one we talked about on another podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, yep. And I'm not even a huge T-Swift man, but that, no, that particular song. Because I told you I became a T-Swift yep. boy, you know, during yep. COVID. Which I yep. still don't believe, but sure. I know, yeah. That, that it was a moment, and I'm, I accept it. I own it, you know, And but do, do I... <laughs> You're on point, I sure So, with that, you know, I mean, this is the perfect transition that is, you know, what, and I'm not saying there's just one, but if it, what's, you know, the good in the relationship, um, and what I, what maybe I take into my, opens me up to take into more possibilities in new relationships, or even relationships I have now that I may want to choose to do differently from my experience with Luke, what would, what would, uh, let's go around and, what did I learn? What do I want to take forward in my life? What I've learned from the dynamics of this relationship that has been so powerful. I definitely want to take the authenticity he presented, things that, I mean, a lot of the things we've already talked about, or I've already talked about on this podcast, the zero judgment, I'm definitely not a judgmental person, but I mean, somehow he was next level at that. I do something I want to take that he had, but that I shared with him is vulnerability in relationships and friendships, the things that that's, we talked about that being something that scares me to do. Again, especially right now, um, whether that be friendships, potential romantic relationships, anything, I, I want to exude the openness that Luke did people can be themselves to me and they can trust me enough to to get to that real emotional intimacy and again you know intimacy meaning any type of you know relationship and maybe I want to be more honest with myself and with others. Maybe. <laughs> I love it. Maybe. I don't, I don't think I, I have quite the, the grace to do it the way Luke did. I don't think I could get back with some of his boldness, but yes, I would like to, yeah, to be more honest. Yeah. I like the idea to, I think, the, the and I don't know if this makes any sense to anyone else, but this idea, it seems at times to be easier to be honest with others than it is with myself. Yes. I'm not sure why, that, why that makes, why that can be true, but. Yeah. 
I also, and I said this earlier, yeah, and I I said this earlier that it's one of my struggles lately has been that I haven't felt like being there for others as much because I've been focused a lot on being there for me. But one thing I eventually want to get to is being there for others the way he was for me. And I know he was for others too, but the, you know, the showing up with a cheesy card and, you know, offering to... You know, do my nails and all that. Uh, yeah, don't forget shaving your armpits. I know. Yeah. I, so I did tell this. That's story. a friend. I yeah. did tell this story, the celebration of life, but I left out the armpits. But I figured, you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> this was a safer it'll space. Be out, it'll be out there in the, po- in the pod zone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I think it's a safer space. It's just because I'm not looking at as many people. <laughs> um, but yes, showing up, he showed up for me. Holy shit! I, one of the last hard breakups I had the night of I said I don't need anything I'm fine I just want to be alone and who shows up with a couple vape pens and Chick-fil-A an hour later you know and it did it changed my night I thought I didn't want anyone there but then having that person there it changed you know my whole night so I've never been as good about showing up for others as he was about showing up for me. I don't think I was as good about showing up for him as he was for me. Not to the point of regret or thinking I wasn't there, but he had a different way about it. And he really knew when when the people he loved needed them, needed him. So yeah, that might be one of the biggest ones. to be there the way he was. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. I just want to, like, recognize and, you know, appreciate the uh, special moments with people Mm. and, like, cherish them, not take them for granted. You know? Because I miss them so much with him. And I definitely didn't know what I'd be missing if they were gone. Yeah. And so I want to put that emphasis on today. And I want to, you know, I guess it's, you know, kind of like living in the moment type thing or whatever, but it's more tactical. It's more like, like being able to like inventory when I'm in a social relate like a like an interaction that feels good mm-hmm. that feels um different than autopilot or different than like just working and like doing your day you know yeah. and uh just appreciate and value those yeah, yeah i think uh the the non, you know, the, the being non-judgmental component of Luke uh, stands out to me the most because I feel like, and I feel like he was so good at that about being non-judgmental, because I don't think he personally ever really felt judged himself in the fact in the way that he would carry himself. Like he just, like I said earlier in the podcast, you know, he just lived. Uh, and did what he wanted to do without really caring what other people thought if anybody would think that was weird or different or you know unusual or 
possibly you know um, crazy uh, he just uh, you know he just that's the way he lived and I don't and I think because he carried that that mindset of uh, not being judged that he had no problem not judging anybody else and um, so that's definitely something that I'll always that I, that I want to take away from my relationship with Luke is remembering to not be judgmental and don't feel judged and uh, and then I also like what Sarah said about um, you know uh, showing up showing up for people when they need you um, and and being um, uh, that kind of uh person in my in my personal relationships to to be thoughtful he was extremely thoughtful person and being thoughtful and then but not only just having those thoughts but following those thoughts up with with action i think is really cool and that's what i'll remember him for so what a beautiful way to end this podcast we do have a couple more things i want to share with you before we end but i want to thank brady brent and Sarah for showing up and sharing in such a vulnerable way their experience of Luke and what his life meant and also finding a beautiful way to honor him. And to Luke's parents, thank you for sharing your son with us, Sylvia and Jeff. We're very grateful for the opportunity to know him and you as well. So we're going to go out tonight a little differently. Um, I'm going to do the last couple minutes of the podcast that Luke was on in the closing for that, where he shared some really beautiful insight. And then um, as the music fades out and we, as we usually go out with a little Joe, Joan Osborne, I'm also going to share with you a song by Tyler Childers that... Uh, is, is a beautiful song about a loved one passing. And then there's a little treat for the rest of you at the very end of Luke sharing dating on Zoom. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back in a week or two with the first of our ketamine files. Thank you. All right, closing thoughts. I think, uh, I think we're about ready to, to wrap this up unless someone has a a burning thought or issue that we didn't bring up today. No, I just, I, I just know for me what I'm going to try and what I've kind of realized uh, during this podcast um, is moving forward. Um, you know, the acceptance and, and whatnot that we talked about is very important for accepting the present. And one thing I know I need to work on um, is just uh, trying to not let fear about what might happen in the future, uh, affect me too much because I feel like there are so many unknowns for everything um, on so many levels, right? Uh, personal levels, government levels, virus levels. <laughs> like, we don't really know what the next six months to a year to three years is going to look like. And I think that um, for me, if I can just try to be aware of when fear starts creeping in and starts driving my thought patterns and decisions decision making that's that's when it's time to uh check in with myself that's kind of my what i'm going to try to do going forward hmm. so with that i mean that's a really good point i know we talked a little bit with this but because there are unknowns in some ways and maybe 
learning to live with unknowns becomes, you know, part of the acceptance piece, you know, learning how to accept life the way it is, realizing that there are going to be unknowns. But coming to learn to, you know, about our fears, that's probably one thing that's I think has happened is, you know, whatever the basis of our fears are, you know, about life and generally, they get projected maybe in a moment like this. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of get and, and, and can get blown up if if we don't know how to, you know, process through them and, you know, kind of accept, I guess, aspects of things about life that, you know, again, back to that inability to be able to control everything around me. <laughs> it just doesn't happen anyway. Thanks for bringing that up, Luke. Yeah, I, thanks, Luke, and thanks for being here with us. We appreciate it. Um, uh, hopefully we can thanks do it again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's been good. <laughs> um, no, closing thoughts, I think, is just... Good, um, good to have you. One thing that I've been trying to, and this goes along with what we've been talking about, is the acceptance piece of it, but one thing that's been, and it's a principle that uh, I was exposed to through Refuge Recovery that that's made a lot of sense to me in my life is that, you know, happiness is not uh, so much you know pleasure seeking and and having pleasure in your life but happiness is really uh, acceptance and contentment and so just you know every day trying to look for that contentment piece of my life and and of course that goes along with being uh, you know being grateful and and and, uh, being mindful of the things that you're you have gratitude for and um, you know just trying to move forward in this in this chaotic time with uh, a mindset of acceptance and contentment I love that I my final thought was going to be directed kind of towards gratitude because that was something I didn't bring up earlier but that really helped me during some of this time I April was kind of a more rough month for me and so in May I chose to do I've done gratitude journals before but I chose in May just to be a little bit more um, held accountable or something I started a social media gratitude post per day and it could be anything I was thinking some of them were big some of them were small but whatever I could find because I had been having a hard time kind of adjusting to some of that self-isolation and kind of what was the new norm for me at the moment and so I did a you know gratitude per day and I'm not necessarily going to do that on social media again but I Mm. that really helped start my days in a positive direction I've done them at night but I feel like for myself starting my day with gratitude made a lot of change for the positive in my mindset overall for the day and it's easy it has it was easy for me to get caught up in the negative especially with all of the you know news coverage and things I was I'd be reading in the middle of the night when I couldn't sleep and things like that and it was really hard at times for me to find some of the positive and silver linings and so I think that's something that I'm taking out of today is that I would like to start getting back to my gratitude journal or just you know naming something in the morning early before I go to work and finding something to set my day around and hopefully that will kind of get me back in a better a better frame of mind with now having new challenges being back at work too and some of those new normals that have been a little hard hard for me to wrap my head around so that's my final thought final thought beautiful thank you guys um that also brought up this idea of the importance of gratitude but also the i know for my myself recently being able 
to, or at least acknowledge and sort of step back. And this this idea of being able to be in the moment also allows the the concept, or at least the premise of um, humbleness, to come in. Um, to uh, be honest and accept that um, things in life are, are not permanent and um, things can change in any moment and to appreciate this moment right now. Are you saying impermanence and non-attached appreciation, Paul? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, I am. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> Which, of course, we have talked about quite a few times in this group so anyway and we will of course again and this is maybe a a moment to really practice that even more so I'm but I'm saying that to me I mean that uh, to remember the importance of impermanence and non-attachment appreciation all right thank you uh thanks guys appreciate it we'll be back in uh, say about six weeks or so um (laughs) perfect all right Uh, we'll go out as we usually do with the little joan osborne have a good week bye
surprising um so uh luke what what is uh facetime dating <laughs> it yeah. sounded dirty after when you first said it <laughs> i mean yeah, it, can, it, it can be dirty but um <laughs> now typically it's hey just now. it's just like uh you know you meet someone um typically on the dating app and because of corona a lot of people are more reluctant to meet up uh in person and myself included and so people will be like, hey, let's, you know, go on a FaceTime date. And that can be anything from like a call uh, where you just talk for an hour or whatever, or 30 minutes if it's not going well. <laughs> um, or <laughs> 10 minutes, five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Or like a planned activity. Um, you know, you can cook a meal with someone where you're in their, your house and they're in their house. And um that's a great idea. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> yeah, it can, it can it can be fun. Um I, th I know some people really enjoy that. They enjoy the, the pressure that it takes off of them of meeting someone in person and they can feel safe in their own home, uh, especially meeting up with someone for the first time or whatever. For me, it's kind of, um, I don't really enjoy it uh, nearly as much as I would just going on a traditional date. Hmm. Okay. Who knew, right? <laughs> Have you not done any FaceTime dates, Sarah? Uh, I don't think so. 